What is going on, everybody? Welcome into the podcast. I am your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. And in these uh, episodes, I was able to capture some content uh, from the University of Tennessee uh, Turf Grass Field Day, and uh, I was able to sit down with several individuals. We talked about the uh, the industry, what's going on at Field Day, what's going on with them. Was able to catch up with a lot of guys, and uh, also some fun uh, guests that uh, were some surprise guests. So I hope you enjoy this uh, episode, this series. I know I had a lot of fun doing it. It was cool to be on location. It's a little different than uh, what the normal podcast is. Audio, you might hear some things in the background and, and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. And um, Tennessee uh, did a great job. And it was fun to sit down with those guys and, and uh, chat and catch some content from the uh, University of Tennessee at Knoxville Field Day. So Without further ado, I hope you enjoy the episode, and welcome to Making the Turn. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, B.J. Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and we are on location today um, and uh, trying something new, something fun, something exciting, and I'm excited about some of the conversations I'm going to have. We're at the uh, University of Tennessee at Knoxville Field Days, and uh, we're sitting down with some industry professionals. And first on the list uh, is a guy I've gotten to know and um, excited to sit down and talk to, and he is the president of Tri-Turf Sod, Mr. Jason Pooler. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this, man. I, I appreciate it. I, I know we haven't gotten a chance to meet and talk a whole lot, and, uh, but I'm excited about ha- having a conversation with you and all the things you're into. All right. So um, you are the president of Tri-Turf, so um, for those people that may not know you or what, or what you're all about and how you got to that position, kind of tell everybody how you ended up there, what, what sort of your background and some of the things of how you got into the sod business. Uh, came right out of high school, uh, didn't go to college or anything like that, just wanted to, I need to get to work, so I yep. uh, started off a business there in 1991 yeah. uh, in Paris, Tennessee. And Are you from West Tennessee? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. cool. Re- originally, I'm up from in New York, but yeah. I mean, I was born and raised, ever pretty much raised in yeah. in Paris, Tennessee. So I went to school at Martin and okay, uh, played golf down at the uh, state park a bunch. So yeah, familiar yeah. with Paris. We, we supply a lot of sod there. Yeah, to, uh, UT Martin. So yeah, cool. great, great complex. Uh, like I said, started in 1991, so we've been rolling for 28 years now, and and uh, started off with a little five acre field of Bermuda. Yeah, and we're running about 940 acres now. <laughs> 940 acres. Yes, sir. We got uh, eight eight varieties of grass that we do yeah. between uh, the bad thing about right there in Paris is we're in the transition zone where we can grow cool season and yeah. warm season, so it makes it pretty tough and trying to keep everything clean and, and yeah. so on. But it's uh, we're we're very fortunate. So 
So what, what all types of grasses do you have? Uh, we do the uh, uh, 419, of course, uh -huh. uh, TIF-2, uh, Latitude 36, okay. uh, Northbridge. Yeah. Those are all our Bermudas. Then we get into our cool seasons. we got the uh, five-way blend fescue. we got HGT bluegrass. Yeah. Uh, we're a licensed grower for RTF. Uh, and then you get into the zoysias. We got the Meyer zoysia, the Geo zoysia, and the new one called Innovation. Uh -huh. Those are both variety certified grasses yeah. uh, from Sod Solutions. So, so where do you mainly supply? All over? Are you middle, middle Tennessee? Where you kind of? Where, where's your sort of customer base? We, we advertise heavily in 150 mile radius of Paris. Yeah. So it covers Memphis and over in the Lebanon uh, area. Yeah. So uh, we do uh, a lot of athletic fields. We do laser grading and so on. Yeah. So we build uh, build athletic fields and do the sodding. We do all the sodding for Tennessee Titans and on the practice fields, game fields. We do a lot of work at Vanderbilt. Supply a lot of sod here to UT. And, yeah. You know, so we're we're very fortunate to be in, involved with these guys. So, so do you, you you said you do some of the work too as well? Do you have an install crew and, and uh, employees that kind of do that side of the business? We're running about thirty three employees total. Oh, okay. And yeah. uh, we have uh, usually two full time crews yeah. and uh, that uh, five to six guys to a crew. Yeah. They go out and do all the prep and install, and then I do all the laser grading. Uh, and then we also work with a couple other companies in, here in Tennessee that do laser grading, and we yeah. come in behind them and do the sodding. So, awesome. Uh, so we do complete turnkey from start yeah. to finish, do hydro seating, straw blowing. We do all that. So, Y'all yeah. are a full-scale full, full operation. Scale. Yeah, yeah, that's yes, good. Yeah. Well, many people may not know that because sometimes sod farms just supply and sod, and that's all you get out of them. So yeah. We do a lot of work for all, a lot of the landscapers in the state of Tennessee. Yeah. And, and uh, so, I mean, they just – they hire us to come in and do the work. They do their landscape. We come in and do their sodding for them. So it works out good. Yeah. So what what sod are you most high on as far as something you've seen you like? Uh, you, you got you got some interest in some of the ones that you're growing up there? Uh, my biggest one that, that we've been doing for the last three or four years, Latitude 36. It's been a hot item here in Tennessee yeah. and, and uh, Kentucky. And uh, Northbridge is – we just put it in here in the last month or so. Yeah. We're starting to get a little calls on that. So we went ahead and put that in. And yeah. um, we're – We've got a lot of jobs already booked for Northbridge for next year, so it's it's going to yeah. be a good thing, I think. But Latitude's my number one. So, so what is it that you like about Latitude 36? Uh, it's a real fine leaf. Uh, it's very aggressive. Yeah. Um, it's great for athletic fields. Yeah. Uh, that's what we use a lot of times at the uh, Titans practice fields sure. and stuff like that. Uh, they don't use it on their game fields because we replace it so many times. But it's very aggressive grass, uh, very winter hardy. Yeah, holds up, holds up to our winters. Where the last few last winters we've had over the last six, seven years, four nineteens have struggled, and yeah. uh, latitude seems like it's followed through all the way. So. Yeah, you know the interesting thing is we we're in the transition zone. You kind of touched on it, and it's such a unique area of the country. For those people that listen that are not in the Middle Tennessee slash Southeast area. We, we get a mixture of cool temperatures. You, you know this. I mean, we, it could be hot. You know, summers are extremely hot. So we grow a variety of grasses. I'm sure that's a challenge on your farm. Talk a little bit about that because you, you, you said you, you have cool seasons and warm season, which, you know, that's typical around here. So yes. how is that a challenge for you as far as maintaining, having things ready to go? Because Mother Nature's crazy. She can throw yes. some stuff at you. It's, it's, been a tough, it's been a tough one this year. Actually, yeah. it's been pretty reasonably decent this year except for on the cool season yeah. i mean we have such heat a lot of heat this year yep. you know we had 110 heat index in the last couple of weeks until this week yeah. and uh that makes it pretty rough on the cool seasons and yeah. uh, so we're constantly putting fungicides down and keeping a brown patch out of it yeah. um uh had a little problem with a zoysia patch at the beginning of the year because we had so much rain uh -huh. so i mean you know between the heat and the rain i mean which is 
things we need, but that's the bad thing about the transition zone and having that many varieties of grass. I mean, it's great for Bermuda. Yeah. And then it's tough on some of the cool seasons, yeah. you know. And, but uh, we, we struggle through it, make it through, you know, so. Well, I imagine it is a struggle. I mean, it's like being on a golf course. you got so oh, many no things doubt. you're dealing with. That's right. And, uh, you know, I'm so, so I'm assuming with all the employees, you, you've got uh, just people that are specifically designed or set up to maintain everything. you got farm managers. And talk a little bit about your staff and how, and some of the guys, key people you got working I've for got you. some unbelievable guys. that uh, we, we range from guys that have been here for 19 years. Yeah. Uh, they've been awesome, and uh, our farm our farm manager's been with me for right at eleven years. Yeah, and uh, he takes care of all the uh, spraying, fertilizing, prepping the ground, getting ready for seed, doing the seeding and the netting on the on the cool seasons. Yeah, uh, warm season same way, and then we got harvesters where all technology harvesters. It's all a lot of it's all computer run. You just sit in a cab tractor and it puts the pallet on. Yeah, harvest side stacks it. Yeah, uh, we do a lot of H two A. We got thirteen H two A workers. That's uh, pretty much almost a necessity here nowadays. It's just hard to get, hard to get labor to sure. follow through the hours that we run. I mean, we run 70, 80 hours a week. Yeah, you know, uh, pretty much ten months out of the year. Yeah, you know. So, so talk a little bit about the process of that. You, just, I mean, that's obviously something. You know, where you're getting uh, um, is the visa workers, and, and uh, you're, you you go through a process every year of having to submit that and all that. Yes. Yes, yeah. uh, we uh, we go through a program, and uh, we have a lady in, in Kentucky that we deal with. Sure. And, uh, she pretty much does everything for us. I mean, we, yeah. we set it up, say how many we need. we got to have housing and stuff for them to yeah. stay in, and, and uh, it's all done by government. They come in and inspect you and make sure they, they'll pop in on you and yeah. inspect you also and just to make sure we're doing it by codes, and then we have to be equal opportunity to the American workers right, also. To, yeah. So it pays pays the same between most of our americans are getting paid a, little, a lot more than that yeah but uh, it's a lock set price that we have to pay the, the h2a's yeah. you know and then uh, but it's uh they're definitely unbelievable workers yeah. same same way with our our american guys they're yeah they're top of the line i think it's it's a lot of people don't really understand that that's a big part of our business because we we just it's hard to find laborers hard to find people that want to do the work it's not the most entertaining or fun job to do and 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 at the same time you got workers that are willing to want to do the work you just got to go through the proper channels to do that and that's that's a big part of our business yeah the, so some of the hardest things is on us is the cdl drivers getting some quality cdl drivers can drive our trucks and deliver yeah. our product we got five semis that run you, do know, you have your own trucking company i have my own trucks uh, we yeah. have five 18 wheelers and then uh, we have some single uh, some bob trucks that we run for local yeah. deliveries and then we also hire hire out we've got about seven trucks that we hire out yeah. a lot of times so yeah. we'll average Eight to twelve semi loads a day, yep. uh, running out the farm, and yeah. uh, usually five days a week. And then the office staff is great. I've got three people in the office that yeah. dispatch my trucks and take orders, and um, you know works out really good. But that's probably the hardest position to fill as a good CDL driver that's going to be safe and sure great, take care of the truck and take care of people around them. You know, yeah. so. But, uh, well, uh, brag a little bit on your business. I mean, it sounds like you've got a pretty big operation. What is some of the volume of, of, of sod, how much square yard, square footage, whatever you track it is? How, what, are you, what is sort of how much you're doing per year and, and sort of the things that you guys got going on up there? Uh, latitude, we usually clear cut twice a year. I've, yeah. uh, we're running about 100 acres of latitude alone. Really? And uh, we clear cut that twice a year yeah. most Is of that time. usually always spoken for or is that – I mean, because I know that's... Sometimes it does. We yeah. supply a lot of sod to the local golf courses. Okay. Bellmead Country Club bought a lot of sure. latitude this year, and yeah. uh, and he's done a beautiful job renovating his course yeah. this year. Um, you know, it's usually going to a special... 
project right. most of the time, golf right. courses and athletic fields. But right. we do a lot of residential with that also. But, yeah. um, but I mean, we, we clear cut that twice a year, 419. We may get two cuttings off of it a year, and then the second year we may get one cutting. It's right. not as aggressive as the, the latitude. Right. Um, some of the new zoysias, I mean, we, we usually clear cut. We run about 350 acres of cool season. Yeah. And uh, we usually try to clear cut 75% of that every year, right. you know, and then replant every fall, yeah. you know. So. so for people that's not as familiar with the sod business, um, when you're talking about cutting sod and things, what's the process of getting that back to where you can sell it again? Do you, are you, I know some of this, but I'm asking questions for people who may not know is like, um, are you re-sprigging? Are you, are you letting it regrow from, uh, from, vegetation that's currently there what's talk through some of that technical process all our warm seasons are yes we we don't have to replant um unless we just yeah. harvest the only problem we ever have is if we harvest in october yep and we have some winter kill uh-huh. uh we may have to replant some like the 419s and stuff because right. we they don't have no protection after yeah. we strip it off because it's bare dirt but sure if we can get us a, a good layer over the top of it it protects itself usually uh it comes right back from the stolons and within 14 to 16 weeks, we can most of the time harvest the, the latitude in 419 again. Yeah. Uh, the cool season, we harvest uh, throughout the year. I try to only do fall seeding. Yeah. Uh, we try to, after September 15th, we try to have everything ready and have everything planted by usually the end of October. Yeah. Is our goal on all our cool seasons. Zoysias, um, the Meyer zoysias, we're lucky to get one about, about sure. a harvest every once, a, once every two years. Yeah. Uh, but some of the new varieties, we're getting 12-month cuts. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're growing back within 12 months. They're all done with uh, stolons also. The only one we have to replant is the, the cool season yeah. from seed. Yeah. But everything else we do from stolons. Are you messing with any of the um, zoysia grass that's being used for greens? I am not. I, yeah. I, that's a touchy area to, to get into yeah. i like taking it pretty much from the collar to the tee box sure. that's, where, that's where i like to stay at and well get, i imagine it changes up your routine as far as you know between mowers yeah and, it's a whole yeah. different deal I, yes. and and i get that i just think that you know some people that's in the side business they don't realize there's a lot to it i mean i mean obviously you're probably cutting most everything at what one height i mean all our all our warm season we try it around three quarters an inch to yeah. an inch unless yeah. it's specially requested you know yeah. we got some jobs we have to go down around five eighths but sure. most of the time around one inch is what i prefer yeah you know um so talk a little bit about what you got going here at field days uh, um and how, and how you got how you guys are involved with what ut's got going on up here uh i'm involved with the tennessee turf Tennessee Turfgrass Association, yeah. and uh, I'm the president. I'm the president of the association, and uh, we're up here having a booth. Yep. Uh, we got a big booth set up where we're doing raffles and stuff like that. And, yeah, um, you can buy raffles, and and uh, all the money goes back to UT Research for sure. for turf. Um, it's a UT guys are putting an unbelievable uh, program here. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've been to it many years, and it gets better and better every year. Yeah. And we can't ask for a prettier day. No kidding. You know, this is gorgeous. What was it like? Um, I think it was like 57 or 58. Yeah, on the way morning. in. Yeah. Like somebody told me I needed to wear a jacket. I don't know. No, yeah. It's we're not, chilly. It's not, yeah. Yeah, if you've never been here, folks, it's uh, right here on the river. It's a beautiful place. And they've got, uh, we've got people stirring all around us. And it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be a good day. And um, they usually average around four, yeah. about 475, 500 people come in yeah. uh, from all over the state and yeah. the surrounding states. I mean, it's awesome. So you, are you, um, are you involved with this on a yearly yearly basis? Uh, I have been. I've been on the TTA board for right at ten years now, yeah. and uh, so it's uh, 
been so yes, I've been pretty yeah. much here ever sure. since. So so how'd you get involved with Tennessee turf grass? I started uh, pretty much. I needed to get some information. Pretty much when I started my business yeah. back in 1991, I think I joined in 1994, 90, 95. Yeah. And uh, just mainly just to, I got got hooked in with Tom Samples, and he kind of helped me guide me on what grass to get with. And, yeah. And uh, he's first class, first class sure. guy. I mean, yeah. he, he'll help bend over backwards to help you. Sure. Uh, so I've been involved with Tennessee Turf yeah. for a long time, for, ever since I started business pretty much. Yeah. And are you enjoying the presidency? When is your yeah. time up? January. <laughs> January. Yeah, January. So it, I, it's a two-year term, and uh, I've been very fortunate to work with. i got an unbelievable board. The board's great. Yeah. And uh, we've got a, you know, they work, work so hard, and we got a lot of them here today, and yeah. they're, they're running the booth, and and yeah. uh, we got real good staff here to, to, to help. You know. So what do they got you doing? I, I mainly just selling tickets. Sitting and, down with yeah, me and talking. Sitting and, down and talking <laughs> with you. Yeah. 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 yeah well, so it's a, it's a good thing. So, yeah. so you said that you started – with five acres and then yes, and then now you're at 900 and something did you is that land that you just purchased how did that all come about we own everything except for about uh 75 acres we yeah. own everything yeah. so uh everything's uh 75 percent of it's pretty much irrigated yeah. we got about 150 acres it's not irrigated yeah. the rest of it's all under either pivots or traveling yeah. guns sure um so we you pretty much have to to get that production to where you can harvest it Man. Plus, get the moisture content. I'm trying to wrap my mind around all that. That is a that is a, a big deal. Yes. I mean, you got yeah. you. you it's probably, not like a golf course deal where I, you can go out there and put underground system in because yeah. you can't harvest the sod that easily no. around all them heads. And so, I mean, that's uh, so it it's a it's full time guys. There's two guys that strictly do that. We've got nine mowers. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, we keep six running all the time. Um, so that they mow it. Some warm season grass is getting mowed twice a week. Yeah. You know? I imagine with all that acreage, you've got. I mean, you've got countless amounts of just maintenance that you've got maintenance to do. is yes we got mechanics that work full-time and and uh constantly replacing barons and sharpening blades and uh changing blades out on the harvesters which most of the guys take care of their own piece of machinery they're they're assigned to the machine and yeah. that's that's their tractor their mower their harvester and they take care of it so talk about the harvesters a little bit i'm interested in how those what, it, what i don't i don't know anything about harvesting uh-huh. I, i've seen it but i don't talk about how though you said they're they're, they've got to be highly technical. They're, you know, they're, the the measurements on the pallets have to be exact. How how do those work? How do they- uh, the the slab slab harvester is a firefly. We've got four different harvesters. Yep. We've got the old school Brower harvesters that um, you stand a guy in the back of it and they hand stack it all day long. Yeah. Uh, here in the last four or five years, we've gone to a firefly, which is all automated. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, you have to have a pallet that's exactly the right size, forty two by forty eight. We can do two different slabs with that machine just by touching the computer. Yeah. Uh, we can go from a 16 by 24 inch slab on up to a 24 by 48 inch slab. Yeah. Um, so it very uh, customer friendly. I mean, it makes a good quality product. Yeah. You know, and uh, and you get into the big roll harvesters the same way. We do a 42 inch big roll harvester. Yeah. You know that, that we do everything in big roll. When we install, we do the majority of our install is big roll. Yeah. Uh, 42 inches wide and 130 feet long. And, uh, so for for the the person who's still trying to figure all this out, a big roll is, is like one roll is how many square yards? Uh, there's 50 or, square yards to a roll 50, most of the time, yes. Yeah. Uh, and and that relates to a pallet in, in what way? Are they the same? same. We do so the same So one thing. roll equals one So if one you pallet. went out there and measured off an area, 21 by 21 area, yep. that would get you a roll would cover yep. that area or a pallet would cover that area. 
Okay, so so I've seen pallets that have smaller rolls on them. Do y'all do that type? We don't of do the we call them tootsie rolls. I don't do those. There's okay. other machines that do that. Brower and and uh, Trebro and all them make machines that do that. Yeah. Uh, Firefly does also. I just most of my customers prefer a slab. Sure. Uh, I think they lay down pretty quick. Yep. Uh, they get into the big slabs. I mean, they're a little bit on the heavy side, but yeah. um, anything you do with pallets is labor intense. Yeah. So I mean, you, as long as you got labor there, it goes down pretty quick. Sure. Big roll, a lot less. We we use track machines to roll all our sod down. You can yeah. go out there with three man crew and lay a semi load in hour and a half, two hours. Yeah, that you know, for the most part, that's the if you got a flat, nice area, you can knock out. Some you can acres, knock out. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We can do a football field most of the time with a six man crew and you know a hard twelve hour day. We can yeah. lay a whole football field. Yeah, you know, but. I think that's the most slick way to do it. I mean, especially is that you can do uh, cool season that way as well. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 We do all all varieties of grass. We do. Yeah. We we do it. Yeah. Yep. That's uh, pretty interesting. One of the things you may not want to talk about the business side of it very much, but I'm interested in how it comes down to, like, how do you come up with a price? Because we've talked about how you've got such a massive operation. You've got bills, expenses. Wrap all that into how you can come up with X number per square foot or square yard, how do you come up with that as far as where you can survive and make money? Well, of course, we're we're comparing to some of the other sod farms. That's yeah, because it's in competitive. The state. Yeah. It's very competitive. Yeah. yeah. and uh, But there's a big difference between some sod farms that are doing a high-quality yeah. product versus some that are just have to push a product out the door. Sure. Uh, so we try not to compare to them. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, uh, we got some good sod farmers here in the state of Tennessee that keep the prices where it needs to be and, yeah. and so on uh we you know we pretty much any item that you sell i mean you, you figure up your cost what you got in it yeah you know how much i'm going to have invested i mean i get right down to the point of now knowing how long it takes to mow an acre of grass uh the labor it's intense involved in sure. that how much fuel it takes to mow that same way when you get into the product of harvesting it yeah the cost of that machine yeah um we just try to do a percentage on it come up with our with our amount but uh main thing is just trying to be as competitive as you can and not be too high. But yeah. Does that fluctuate at all? I mean, and because based on fertilizers, chemicals, different things. It does. Fuel I mean, cost. We, it, it doesn't go up fast enough most of the time because they go up a lot. And sure. between the chemicals and seed prices, I mean, seed prices have been short out in Oregon and Washington. Yeah. Uh, getting getting seed and, and a shortage of it, so the seed prices have gone up this year, uh, yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. So with that going up and the chemicals and the fertilizer and the, the freight, freight's killing everybody. And yeah. that, that that jacks the price up pretty good. Yeah. So uh, so you have to kind of push it back onto the side and add add a, you know a few cents a square yard sure. to it every sure. year. You know that's the only way you're gonna make a living. You know, and labor labor cost. You yeah. know, fuel cost. Yeah. You know, I mean we uh we we buy buy the tanker load on fuel and it's yeah. twenty seven thousand dollars every time we buy a tanker load. Yeah. And we'll go through six seven of those a year. Ooh. You know, so yeah. it's, it's uh, it it adds up pretty quick. Yeah. You know, so. Well, and, and I think the the thing that you you run such a massive business in terms you've got you're not just doing sod you're doing installs and all these different things so that that's allowing you to create many uh, what I call streams of revenue you've got different ways to kind of bring things in that kind of might offset some incremental changes in the in the actual just sod price and I'm assuming that's probably where you can kind of fluctuate a little bit mm -hmm. as long as you're keeping the crews going and working and doing your thing. It does. That yeah. it, it gives us a lot of leeway with us installing it. We can kind of work that yeah. price a little bit better that yeah. way. Yeah. You know, so there ain't many sod farms that do all, all that we do. Yeah. Most of them like you said they harvest sod and truck. Yeah. If I had my way 
I'd probably do the same thing. I mean, yeah. it, to, sure. you know, if I had it all to do over again, that's probably where I'd do it. But yeah. it's, uh, it puts a lot more stress on you. Yeah. So. So how do you get involved with like new grasses that may come out? Because it's, we're in an ever-changing, you know, cultivar. Seem like they're coming and propping up left and right. You know, it, I can't even keep up with it. How do you, how do you sort of start, or, or want to work with a new grass? For right. instance, you get. I study it, do a lot of research, and yeah. then a lot of it's word of mouth. I mean, uh, I mean, I've got some of the new varieties that nobody's even got. Like, yeah. You know, innovation's always. You. I'm the only grower in the state of Tennessee that's got it. Uh, but the uh, latitude, we've got a couple growers here in the state. Yeah. But I mean. You know, we have a lot of people like Sod Solutions and uh, that do the research on it yeah. and uh, and do all the legwork for us, and you kind of study it. Same way with seed. You get in your cool seasons, there's thousands of types of seed, yeah. you know, and you just kind of see which one's going to be your best seed for sure. this area between the, it's heat-resistant, brown patch-resistant. Yeah. You know, so we try to make that blend, yeah. you know, and that's why we go with our blends. We usually do a five-way blend with, with bluegrass just yeah. for the root structure on the bluegrass, but yeah. it changes every year. You know, I mean, there's always a new one, like you said, coming out. I mean, there's there's over 4,000 varieties of zoysias out there that hadn't even been named yet. Yeah. You know, that they're doing research on in Texas. Yeah. You know, and it's just, uh, it's crazy. And I go to the places like that to do research yeah. and, and look at them and see which one's holding up the best. Yeah. You know, so. Well, well speaking of research, do you have anything that uh, you're excited about or you got going on out here that you can talk about or do you, or as far as I know, there's a bunch of different research plots, and I wish I I, I spent a little bit of time uh, looking at some of them. I know some of them are tolerance resistance and different things. Is there any of them you got, or you got some grass on the ground? Uh, I mean, they they've got some of my varieties here. Yep. I mean, they they do have some of the like the latitudes and the north bridges and stuff like that. But yep. I mean, uh, they do the researches with the. Uh, they got many different plots out here to where you can go out and look look at your, you know, different chemicals that are working in different ounces per acre and yeah. stuff like that where they're doing different tests which sure. does best yeah. you know and then the uh, same way with fungicides and uh, fertilizing programs and uh, you get into your greens and stuff like that they've got an area down here down by the lake that uh, they do a great job doing research on the greens which what mowing heights and sure. different mowers to use and and uh, uh, they've got companies here that for uh that's demoing machines for fertilizing and liming and stuff like that that's yeah. all gps operated and yeah I mean, it's uh, very impressive. I mean, they've got many, many different stations out here to, to where you can get a little flavor of everything. Yeah, I mean, they do a great job here. I mean, it's it's been a couple years since I've been up here, but, man, they've got a lot a lot going on, um, a lot of different stations that are down by the river up here up top. And uh, I got to look around at some of the different, you know, just the different plots and things, and I, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I, I won't get a chance to see much of it, but uh, it looks like uh, this is – this field day is something special, it, and, and it, it looks is. like I mean, it continues it, to keep growing. Yeah, and then, and they, I mean, between that, and they, they get the researchers with the astroturf and stuff like that. They yeah. got different test plots here, yeah. with, and uh, we need to open our eyes on it to where, it, yeah. you know, keep everything green. Let's sure. go, let's go turf, you know, and yeah. and uh, it, it's, I mean, it, uh, synthetics got got its place, but sure. you know, but it's uh, grass is the way to go, you know. So, yeah, we could probably go down a long well, rabbit hole yeah. about. Uh, <laughs> Sports fields in general, the turf and versus grass. I, I'm, That's probably I'm, one of my biggest challenges. Yeah, is, is keeping counties and high schools and yeah. you know from not going down that path. Yeah, you know, we, we we fight it every day like that. So I think they just look at it from that you know the X Y Z school down the road did it and they got to do right. it, but they don't realize the the real downside that I think is what's it's, and you know in this part. I mean, it has its application. I know it does. where places where it might be colder or, or weather and different things but i mean 
we get hot here and we play football when it's hot or That's right. baseball or whatever the sports turf is and big time differences yeah. in temperatures on between yeah. grass and a so you get field. involved with the the different schools or whatever and, and and try to talk them off that ledge huh? i do i go yeah. to uh, i get asked to come to a lot of the school boards yeah. and stuff like that the county boards we're fighting in my own my yeah. own county right now as we speak so what's so. one what's one of the talking points that you sort of uh try to get get to them if they're considering going uh synthetic what do you sort your of biggest thing is temperature, temperature i mean uh, tem- i mean that's your biggest thing i mean on a on a 80 89 degree day i mean you could on a on a on nat- natural turf, you're you're usually around 96, 97 degrees, and yeah. you go to synthetic, you're you're on up in the 116, 100, 120 yeah. range, you know, uh, you I know see. it's it's actually hotter than a parking lot, yeah, paid parking lot, you know. So it's a big uh, deal. I see that. I, I see those temperatures posted a lot, especially on social media. I mean, it's just eye opening. Right. Oh yeah. 50, 60 degrees difference. That's right. I've seen some where they or standing on a synthetic turf and, like you said, on a parking lot, and they'd be relatively the same. You can feel the heat coming around your pant leg. It's so so bad, you know, and it's, uh, you know, and then they, uh, the recycled rubber and stuff like that, I mean, they, yeah. they've had a lot of research where they say it's doing cancer and stuff like that, yeah. and, um, you know, they say the maintenance is low on it, but it's, it's you got to have maintenance on synthetic too, yeah. you know. I mean, I've, I've talked to, we've had people come to our, our shows that we put on uh, with a, uh, Turfgrass Association that, you know, Cincinnati Bengals, they've had they've had guys there that was, you know, head grounds guys yeah. and saying how, how much maintenance is involved in keeping, I mean, people spitting out their gum and getting out there and have to get there on their hands and knees and rake the comb it out with a comb, you Ugh. know. I mean, it's just, uh, there's a lot of maintenance to it. They don't realize it. Yeah, I, you know? I saw, I saw, I was watching a game one day and I saw them spraying something and I was, and I said, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. And it turns out it was fabric softener. Right, and I, and I, you know, you just don't think of things like that when you're not, di- and then basically for the static and the electricity and all that. I'm, right, I think that's, you know, and you got all the players bleeding and stuff like that on yeah. it. I mean, you get it on the on the blade of it. Yeah, you know, it's disinfect hard to, it. And you everything. got to disinfect it. Yeah. You got to. You know, where the great thing about grass is it absorbs it into the soil, and you yeah. know, and it you mow it off, and you know, it, it kind of disappears yeah. on its own. You know, you don't have that sort issue. Of, so. Sort of nat- nature takes care. A lot, of, a lot of people don't see behind the scenes on that yeah, stuff. No so kidding. That's that's, a, that's the hardest part. You know. Yeah. So. I mean, I think it's good. I mean, I think it's peop- uh, get people kind of understanding the difference and why why somebody. I mean, I think the only real situation, in my opinion, is where it warrants itself is if, if it's just a need where weather dictates it, or there's some there's some specific factor because if it's temp, you know, when it, all the other da- things are just downsides, uh, and you can we can talk, you know, we've talked and touched on many of them, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, natural grass is the way to go, and, yes. and it's always going to be. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Um, so, what do you got planned for the rest of the day? I'm uh, going to be trying to do these raffles, sell as many yeah. raffles to, to build up money. I'm going to try and sneak away and go to some of these classes. And, yeah. and uh, Jim Brosnan and all his all his crew has really done an unbelievable job. And I'm yeah. going to try and hit some of the some of the highlights and go out and look at some of the new varieties of grasses and stuff like that. See if there's anything new that I need yeah. to know about. And other than that, we're going to sit here and see if we can drum up some money for the research yeah. you know that's what that's what it's all about so do you have a specific amount of that you like to try to raise or uh, you got we, a goal? we try to get up around the uh last few years we've gotten up into the little over two thousand dollars yeah. what we've gotten over in the past so it's yeah. worked out pretty good so yeah. uh but it it definitely makes it worthwhile for yeah. the research to give them some money to yeah. do some different things with their grasses 
So. Well, before we let you go or get out of here, because I know you're busy and your time's valuable, talk about the Tennessee turf grass, the, the show. When is it and, when, and what, you, what sort of things you got looking forward it to? It comes up. up. We got one coming up in January, uh, first week of January, and um, it's going to be at the Murfreesboro at Demisley Suites. Yep. Um, we, UT guys put uh, our, our board members and uh, with the Tennessee turf grass, their committees have been working with, with Jim and Coming up with an unbelievable schedule for uh, classes. You get yeah. chemical points and so on at this thing. Uh, the vendors, we have vendors there. We have a big vendor show and uh, usually around 75, uh, 75, 80 booths. Yeah. And we've got vendors from all over the surrounding states yeah. uh, that has different pieces of equipment, different products that we sell. So it's uh, usually run around, around 500, 525 people come in every year. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's just an awesome event. And it's three days long. So, I mean, it's three days' worth of classes and information. Yeah. You know, it's, it's an unbelievable event. It's definitely a great event. I, um, I'm, you know, I try to attend it. I've been going to it for many years, and, and y'all do a great job. Everything mm -hmm. is always great. I think the, the education has gotten so much better. I know the trade show part is always difficult. That's always kind of it, a, right. a touchy kind of what to do there. But uh, the way it's kind of changed and, the edu and it's more centered around education and getting in uh, just really good speakers and, and – what people want to hear and listen to it's been really good and mm -hmm. y'all doing a great job they, thank you yeah they're, they're they've got it got it going on this year the committee's yeah. done a great job with it and we're very excited what we got going on this yeah. this coming january it's gonna be yeah. a good event so everybody needs to come out and check it out yeah get online check us get on our website and and uh well be sure for everybody that's listening in the uh, tennessee uh, market anybody that's in the surrounding counties uh, or uh, states, states you know yeah. Be sure to uh, check in the Tennessee Turfgrass Association, the annual conferences in the first week of January, and I, I, th I think you'd really be uh, uh, something you'd want to uh, come and check out. And there'll be a lot of great speakers and a lot of great things to do and a great time to meet and talk to people in our industry. It'd be awesome. So Yeah, that'd be awesome. But, um, okay, last question. Okay. What do you like to do for fun when you're not working on sod or doing something? There's got to be something you enjoy doing. Uh you're a hunter, fisherman. I'm big into Boy Scouts. Yeah, we. Uh, I'm a scout. I'm a scout master. Yeah, I've got seven, sixteen boys yeah. under me, and uh, we we go all over. Uh, we've we've been all over. We've been to West Virginia this year for yep. summer camp, and yep. uh, do zip lining. I'm big on zip lining awesome. and stuff like that, yeah. and uh, do a little jeeping whenever I can. You know, we we go back back country jeeping and four wheeling and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, probably my biggest event that we're doing over the last nine years i've been scoutmasters you know doing it with the boy scouts we went out to colorado last year yeah went on a 32 mile backpack hike and 20 mile whitewater rafting yeah uh that was an awesome awesome event sure you know and uh so uh yeah that's that's pretty much tying it up i got one boy that's got eagle scout and he's already my my, my one son my oldest boy and he yeah. just started college this year and uh he uh he's gonna be coming into the business this is all family company business so he'll he'll nice. be coming into it my 15 year old He's working on his eagle right now, and uh, hopefully he'll be coming into the business. I hope yep. too. But uh, uh, but me and my wife run it, and uh, and so we uh, we take advantage whenever we do get off. Yeah, we we take time with our kids and get out and do some things. You know, get outside. Yeah, you know. So we do a lot of boating and jet skiing and stuff like that. Those there are our favorite. There that's you what, go. That's what we get into the most. You know, so it's fun. Cool. Awesome. Well, man, I, I appreciate it. It's great to sit down and chat with you. I know your time's valuable. It sounds like they're getting things fired up, and uh, I know you got a busy day. So thank you for sitting down and talking with me, and uh, best of luck to the, everything you're doing, and uh, keep up the work, and hopefully uh, – 
we'll run into each other again. It sounds great. Thank you for having me on. All right. I, well, enjoyed it. Appreciate it, everybody, and uh, thanks for listening. This is another episode of Making the Turn. I'm B.J. Park, and we'll talk to you soon.